Hi everyone, I want to get this episode out and I'm afraid I'm a little bit under the weather here. So I'm going to do a very quick narration today and see if I can get this out by Tuesday. I do want to thank Lewis for re-upping his Patreon subscription. Much appreciated, Lewis. He's also given me some wonderful ideas about future topics for podcasts, and I always welcome that. Please note that, everyone, I really do welcome your input. And if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter like Lewis, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can make your monthly or yearly pledge. I was struck this week by just how many beloved singers who had died prematurely were celebrating anniversaries of some kind or other over the past couple weeks. We could include Ella Bell Davis among those wonderful singers who left this earth before their time was done. Well, clearly, their time was done, but they did leave without having lived out their full span of years. So we will be celebrating many of those singers today, and I will be putting additional ones onto a bonus episode. Now let's get going with this while I still have a little voice left, okay? Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Guntlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. There's a man going round taking names. There's a man going round taking names. He has taken my father's 
Well, I don't need to tell you who that was. That was the first recording that I ever heard of Jessie Norman that convinced me of her stature as an artist to be reckoned with. Her birthday was September 15th, and she died on September 30th, so we are right at that in-between point with Ms. Norman. She died at the age of 74, so some might say... Well, that was nearly a full lifespan, but she had a host of health problems, and it was a very unfortunate confluence of circumstances that led to her early death. You know, this last week was also the observation of September 11th. I remember it so well. There are people now, of course, who are well into their 20s who weren't even around when this happened. But I remember it. I remember it very well. I'd like to pay a brief tribute to all of those who died on that horrible day and to all of those who have died since as a result of the U.S.'s actions elsewhere in the world. September 11th was merely one point on a very long path. It wasn't the beginning of the path, and it certainly wasn't the end. I would like to offer the Pie Jesu from the Foray Requiem. It was recorded by the great Lucha Pop, whose birthday and the 30th anniversary of whose death is coming up just around the corner. She recorded the Pie Jesu twice. This is her first recording with Andrew Davis, made in the year 1978, when she was very much in her prime. I'll be doing a full episode on Lucha Pop once season five rolls out, but here she is, sounding very beautiful indeed in the Pie Jesu.
we're not just commemorating singers who have died before their time today. I also have a thematic thread running through the episode, and that is music of both mourning and of consolation. The next three selections are from the leader repertoire. First, by Franz Schubert, set to a text by Matthias Claudius, Am Grabe Anselmus. This poem was written by Matthias Claudius in memory of his son, Anselmo, who had died. That I have lost you, that you are no more, that my Anselmo lies here in this grave, that is my sorrow. See, we loved each other, and as long as I live, joy will never return to my heart. In this performance from the year 1991, we hear the soprano Arlene Auger, whose birthday we just commemorated this past week on September 13th. She, of course, was one of three singers who died in the year 1993 prematurely in her very early 50s of cancer. In this recording, she is accompanied by the pianist Lambert Orcus.
There is another American lyric soprano from a previous generation who in some ways was a comparable artist to Arlene Auger. I am speaking of Judith Raskin. She is a singer that I have been intending to feature on a full episode from the very beginning of this podcast. She is a singer who, from the moment I first encountered her, left a profound mark on my heart and in my ear. She's not celebrating a particular anniversary right now, but she also died of cancer in her 50s. Born June 21st, 1928, died December 21st, 1984. She was a standout at the Met in the 1960s. She also concertized frequently and was a magnificent leader singer. We're going to hear an excerpt from the final concert that Judith Raskin sang in public on the 28th of April, 1984, at the Dumbarton Oaks Church in Washington, D.C. The second half of the program consisted of Robert Schumann's Liederkreis, Opus 39, the one set to texts by Josef von Eichendorf. And this song is one that expresses the most profound grief, Wehmut. At times I can sing as if I were happy, but then secret tears well up and set my heart free. Thus nightingales, when the spring breezes play, sing their songs of yearning from the depths of their cages. Then all hearts listen, and everyone rejoices, for no one truly hears the anguish in the deep sorrow of their song. I find this performance so touching. Judith Raskin had already been struggling with ovarian cancer for a number of years, and the voice, in a certain sense, sounds a little frail to my ears, and yet there's such an intense drive to communicate the meaning of this text. Her pianist here is Rosetta Bacon. Oh, 
September 17th was, incredibly, the 57th anniversary of the death of the great German tenor Fritz Wunderlich, whose birthday we observe on the 26th of September. When he died, he had not even reached the age of 36. I'm not sure the world will ever see the equal of Fritz Wunderlich, who was true to the spirit of his name in that glorious voice and in his unaffected interpretations. I'm going to offer Fritz in the penultimate song of Schubert's cycle, Die Schöne Müllerin. This is Der Müller und der Bach, The Miller and the Brook. The heart of the young miller has been broken, and he speaks to the brook who has been his constant companion. Where a true heart dies of love, the lilies wilt in their beds. The full moon disappears behind the clouds so that mankind might not see its tears. Angels cover their eyes and sobbing sing the soul to rest. And the brook responds. And when love struggles free of sorrow, a new star shines in the sky. Then from their thorny stems spring up three roses, half red and half white, that will never wither. And the angels cut off their wings, and every morning descend to earth. And the miller responds, Oh, my beloved brook, you mean so well. But do you know what love does? Down in your depths is cool rest. Beloved brook, sing me to rest. In this recording, I've put together a composite. The first part of the song, when the miller sings of his morning, is from Fritz's 1957 studio recording, in which he is accompanied by Kurt Heinz Stolze. And then, from the brook's response to the end of the song, we hear the 1966 recording with Hubert Giesen at the piano. This was recorded just a few short weeks before Fritz's untimely accidental death. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
also just a few days ago, we observed the 46th anniversary of the death of Maria Callas. I remember this day like it was yesterday. I had just begun to discover Callas, and in fact, the first time I heard her voice, I thought the record player was broken because it sounded so off-kilter to my ear compared to a mellifluous voice like Joan Sutherland, like Renata Tebaldi. But then the more I listened to Callas, the more I got her. I had just begun listening to her recording of French opera heroines. That was my gateway to a fuller appreciation of Callas, and I was listening to that record every single day for a number of weeks. I arrived home on a Friday night, and my mother said to me, Well, you'll never guess who died today. I knew. I hadn't heard the news, but I knew who it was, and I was bereft. And since then, Callas has only gained in importance for me, as my own knowledge of singing has increased. There were very few singers, in fact, none that I can think of, that matched her genius, because it was genius, in spite of a voice that didn't always cooperate. No, not in spite of, because of the unreliability of her voice. The technique was solid, but the voice was unpredictable. I'm going to play you a recording that I played four years ago on the anniversary of her death because it represents the absolute pinnacle of Callas's artistic achievement for me. This is a 1965 telecast on French television. It's the recitative leading up to the Cavatina Anoncredea from Bellini's La Sonnambula. It's remarkable to me how viable her voice sounds at this point, because her performing career was nearly over, and already she had made a number of problematic recordings, and for the past number of years had only been making concert appearances. She had made a tentative return to the operatic stage the previous year, singing Tosca at Covent Garden. She then sang Norma at the Opéra de Paris, right around the time that this telecast took place. There remained only a few performances of Tosca before her active career came to an end. I'm playing the entire Shana for you because if you listen closely, it will break your heart. Amina, the sleepwalker, has just passed in her sleep over a precarious bridge and appears on the stage singing of her heartbreak, for her lover Elvino believes her unfaithful and is about to marry another. She says, if only I could see him one more time before he takes a different bride to the altar. I've lost him, and yet I'm blameless. Please, dear God, don't let him see my tears, for I forgive him. May he be as happy as I am unhappy. This is the final prayer of my dying heart. She draws a flower from her breast and addresses it. Never did I think that I would see you, dear flower, perish so soon. You died as our love did, that lived for only a day. Georges Prêtre leads the French radio-television orchestra. 
another singer with whom I feel such an enormous connection and a great affinity is the English contralto Kathleen Ferrier. Born April 22, 1912, she had a singing career that lasted only a short eight years before succumbing to cancer on October 8, 1953, at the age of only 41. She was primarily a concert singer, and yet she made a number of memorable operatic appearances as well, as Gluck's Orpheus and creating the role of Lucretia in Benjamin Britten's The Rape of Lucretia. She was ideal as an interpreter of Bach, of Mahler, of Brahms, and of Handel. We're going to hear a 1946 recording that she made with Malcolm Sargent and the London Symphony Orchestra. This is an aria from Handel's Rodelinda, but it's been given a completely different set of words. The original words are Dove sei amato bene, where are you, my beloved? But in these English words, which I suspect stem from the Victorian era, she sings of the power of music to heal and bring peace to troubled souls. Because I'm trying to keep my episodes down in length, I had enough material to put into a bonus episode, which will feature, among other singers, Judy Garland, Tatiana Troianos, Dusty Springfield, and Lorraine Hunt-Lieberson, among others. But today, I'm going to conclude not with a singer, but with a pianist, one who I discovered when my father returned home from seminary the summer that I was seven years old with an LP of this pianist, Dinu Lipati, playing the Chopin waltzes. 
I read on the back of the album cover about how Lipati had died of Hodgkin's disease at the age of only 33. And this, as a morbid little child, it was something that so haunted me. I listened to those Chopin waltzes over and over and over and found so much poetry, so much intensity. He inspired me more than any other pianist ever has. And on the 16th of September, 1950, 27 years to the day before Maria Callas died, he played his final public recital at the Besançon Festival. He was so ill at that point that he nearly canceled, but when he heard that the concert was sold out, he soldiered his resources and somehow got out there and managed to give an amazing performance, which was, for the most part, captured by the recording microphone. That recording has indeed contributed enormously to the legend of Dinu Lipati. At the end of the recital, unable to finish the cycle of Chopin waltzes that he had programmed, he went back out to the keyboard and played an encore of Bach's Jesu Joy of Man's Desiring, Jesu Bleibet meine Freude. Unfortunately, the recording microphones had been turned off by that point, so we will never know what that sounded like. But he did record Jesu Bleibet meine Freude in the transcription by Dame Myra Hess on two different occasions. And I'm going to play the earlier one of those for you. This was recorded in the year 1947. Here is one pianist who really made the instrument sing. The poetry, the humanity, the simplicity, the profundity of expression. Words fail me so I shall stop speaking.
friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel.